0: Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. It is Sunday, uh, June 29th. Hard to mm-hmm. believe. I, this is Liz Dolan. I'm here in Santa Monica, California, I think. It's been that kind of week. No real idea where I am. I'm in Santa Monica, California, as far as I can tell. Joined on the line by my sister, Julie Dolan, in Dallas, Texas. Julie, how
1: are you? Howdy, Liz. Well, I'm happy to be with you. I mean, it's officially summertime now. We're yes. a, a full-blown summer Summertime rules, uh, just easy living. It's, uh, you know, all good things happen in the summertime. That's what I think.
0: Well, we're also, you know, it's World Cup fever time. Yes, Uh, indeed. Like right now, as we record this, spoiler alert, uh, the Mexico-Netherlands game is on, and the score is nil-nil. So I guess I'm not really spoiling anything by saying that. (laughs) The one, the one yeah, thing they did good though, Liz, it sounded very
1: official. Spoiler alert! I
0: like that. Okay, the one thing they did do in the first half of today's game is the um, they called a cooling break. Julie, it's mm-hmm. apparently that happens occasionally. I had never seen that before. It's so stinking hot on the field in I think they're in Fortaleza, Brazil, that mm-hmm. they got they had a little cooling break, just three minutes to go cool off. And so I'm thinking of instituting that at work. I think there are
1: times. <laughs> when somebody in a meeting just needs to call a cooling break, cooling break—it's a good thing. Yeah, it's and it's uh, it's very global, Liz. I think you can work it, use it around the world. Yes, uh, I I think we could use more than three minutes here in Texas for cooling breaks. But <laughs> well, whatever. I I have to say I'm I'm loving the World Cup, Liz. I had I watched it yesterday. Very exciting match with that young new Colombian star, James Rodriguez. Yes. Or so he's new
0: to me. Okay. Uh, just yes, there. and I like the way they pronounce it, Hamez
1: or something, right? Yeah, it's yeah, just, I don't know. I, I just it's I even sexier. James. <laughs> yeah, I'm confused because I see James on the back of his um, jersey, and so I, I I'm was not confused familiar. by that too, Julie. I I, I don't know I, why don't they have his last name? Because it seems like they have all the other la- um, players' last names. Does yeah. he only go? Is he like a one-person name? Yeah, I'm just like a Ronaldo? Go. yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, I'm totally loving it, Liz. I, 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 you know, all those soccer haters, you really need to just go to your room. You need to take a cooling break, you know, because <laughs> it's fun, it's exciting. The shootout yesterday was high drama. It was high drama. Yeah, yeah. So, and of course, uh, today, Team USA is not playing, so I am rooting for Team Mexico. Yeah, definitely. Me too.
0: I am even wearing a Mexican shirt right now, not a Mexican team jersey, but just an actual one of those, like, white Mexican peasant shirts that one oh. one has in the back of one's closet. I put it on in Mexican solidarity today because, frankly, you cannot live in Southern California and not feel solidarity with the people of Mexico. So uh, Mexico, Netherlands, you know— I work in a very international work environment. We have people mm-hmm. from all over the world. And even last night, I got an email from a colleague in Amsterdam that was having nothing to do with anything related to the World Cup. But then um, the last thing he put in the email was that nothing personal against Mexico, but you want the Netherlands to win tomorrow. <laughs> so... Okay. Just in
1: case you, as an uninformed American, yes. didn't know which way to go on it. Yes, okay.
0: didn't have a position on that. But, mm-hmm. you know, I work in the U.S. office of a very international company, but the U.S. office also functions as the Latin American office. So the, I have many, many colleagues who are Mexican, but the number one uh, nationality in my workplace is actually Argentinian. So the Argentines are very excited about Messi and how he's doing and all of that. So it's it gets very emotional and very complicated uh, when you're just trying to stay out of the, That's when people need a cooling break. You know, there's a, when they come in in the morning and everybody's discussing yesterday's game. Occasionally, cooling breaks are required. Uh, But the And then I did have a meeting, a presentation I had to do one day this week that I had to absolutely be finished by noon Eastern time because that's when the USA-Germany game came on. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you have the priorities
1: right at your company, Liz. Okay? (laughs) I mean, really, I don't know why, you know, employers are making people go to work uh, during the USA games. I mean, that really, it seems like a lost cause. You know, just give them the time let them go to the bars let them go to you know go outside in the parks and watch the game this is you know yeah. this doesn't happen every day and well i think world cup fever is good for the globe
0: mm-hmm. well i it, it has helped me come to a personal realization julie that the you know there are there are many benefits about working in the television business you know it's generally fun you know mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. it's not coal mining and um <laughs> It's, it's also not curing cancer. It's just somewhere in the middle. It's just, it's just fine. But the number one benefit is that when you work at a television company, everyone has a TV in their office, Julie. So okay. nobody in my company has to go to a bar. Everyone right. just just blatantly has their TVs on all day watching the World Cup. And, uh, and nobody thinks twice about it. So it's really good. You can hear people yelling from their offices when goals are scored. So, uh, I like that. Everyone is actually physically at work, but actually accomplishing no work and everyone's cool with that. Um, so the, uh, so yeah, so I'm hoping rooting for Mexico. I'm just looking over my shoulder to see if there's been any score yet.
1: Because uh, you are you know, in the television business, so you probably have your television on while you're recording the podcast. Yes, and actually the score now is 1-0 Mexico, Julie. Oh, okay. That's very exciting. So okay. Mexico scored while I had my back to the TV. Okay, okay. Well, don't look at the TV anymore, Liz. Okay, <laughs> not that I'm superstitious, <laughs> but it seems like it's working for Mexico. So, um, Liz, where have you been this week? Uh, uh, you know, Yeah, can I, I just
0: say, I mean, as long as we're talking about many countries around the globe, that I have a major bone to pick with
1: France. <laughs> That's... Now, why is that, Liz? Because I, you know, I thought we have all come to some kind of rapprochement with France, <laughs> that we've now sort of, you know, we have an understanding. We're not France haters. Everyone's yeah. eating French fries now. No. We don't call them freedom fries anymore. Yeah. I, thought we're, I thought they're back in good graces. Yeah, no? yeah. well, so no,
0: no, sorry. Okay. That, that is not to be. Here, here was my challenge this week, and... It was a situation of my own making up to a point, but then France made it a lot worse, right?
1: I would have been fine without the French element of this story. So that if, it, if you, this had happened in another company, say a country such as Germany or yeah. or Great Britain, things might have gone differently? Is things, things
0: might have gone differently. Let me give okay. you the backstory here. So, you know, I work for an international television company. But last year, I was also invited to join the board of the company Quicksilver, which is surf and skate. You know Quicksilver. They've been around a long time. So... I now serve on the board of directors of Quicksilver. Very
1: prestigious, Liz. We're yeah. proud of you. Good yeah. work. Yes.
0: Which is kind of a cool thing to be a director on a publicly traded company. It's, you know, is kind of a big deal. And it, but... I had to get approval at work to do that. And and some companies don't let you do that because it can be quite a bit of work and it's not your job, right? It's quite a bit of work for another company. Uh, but I was talking to my boss at the end of the year, and he is very, very supportive of me and uh, kind of likes the fact that I have a life outside of just our company. So he said if we can get the, the legal department to approve it, then um, – then that's fine with me. And his only other request is that if if it did get approved, I had to keep it on the DL, Julie. The whole point was you can be a director, but only on the DL. If a lot of other executives find out that I let you do this, then all hell could break loose. (laughs) So this is what I've been doing. I am a secret member of the, the publicly So you're not
1: wearing any quicksilver no. apparel to work. No. Okay. No. Okay. All right. Okay. I even
0: have a code in my calendar where if I have to do a quicksilver conference call or anything related to that, I just put a Q next to it. So that, oh,
1: that's a <laughs> pretty good code, huh? Super duper secret, Liz. I'm impressed. No wonder they put you on the board. Yes.
0: So, you. but also one of the reasons Hernan approved this gig is because the, the headquarters for Quicksilver is in Huntington Beach, California, you know, Surf City, USA. Mm-hmm. And so naturally Quicksilver is based in Surf City, USA, but it's a big, huge global company. And so, he said, okay, well, you know, it's right down the road in Southern California. How many board meetings do you have a year? I said four. He said, okay, all right, just, just keep it on the down low, go for it. So, first board meeting was in March, just like put the little cue on my calendar, also as a code to my assistant. So, if she's looking for me, she knows That I'm. Oh, that you're in Q Q Town. I'm on on Q Q business. Okay, I like it, Liz. I like it. So uh, the first board meeting comes and goes, all good. Blah blah blah. Then after the first board meeting, they decide the second board meeting, my second board meeting, uh, the one that was happening this week, was going to be at the European headquarters because because European headquarters, all of the apparel product design is actually done uh, at the office in France.
1: Makes makes sense. Yes. There's so many surfers mm-hmm. in France. I I think that makes good sense. Liz. Right. Yeah.
0: And Surf City, the Surf Mecca in France, is along what they call the Côte Basque. So you're talking about the southwestern coast of France, just above the Pyrenees. Uh, so it's the Atlantic Ocean, and there are all these beautiful surf beaches there. And the towns are named things like Biarritz, which you may have heard of. Or yes. Saint-Jean-de-Luz is actually where the company headquarters is. So it's this fantastic remote surfing spot. And remote is the, the challenge here. So, so, because, so now I have to get to a remote southwestern French city over and back on the DL. Mm-hmm. And, Seems- and then my real job, which is working for the National Geographic Channel, they schedule their board meeting the next day after I'm supposed to be in France. So this week, mm-hmm. Tuesday board meeting, France. Wednesday board meeting, Washington, D.C.,
1: Yes, you previewed this at the wedding when we, mm-hmm. saw, we saw you in, uh, in Chatham. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, no way. Impossible. Mm-hmm. Impossible. Mm-hmm. You'll never make it. Mm-hmm. You should bow out now. <laughs> uh, you, should, you should just throw your hands up and tell one of those two boards that you can't possibly be there. I okay. know. and it, I mean,
0: this sounds like a crazy problem to have. I know that. Uh, it's just like I, I try to be super responsible to everything I do. And it was just, it was just an untenable situation. Right. Mm -hmm. And I knew it was untenable, but I could not think of what to do about it. Because if I if I told my boss who told me to do this on the DL that I wasn't going to be able to make the Nat Geo board meeting, that was not going to go down well. Right. Right. Uh, So now I'm missing my actual work. But now if I told the board, the the Quicksilver board that I couldn't make it, you know, since the financial crash, they really track board members and what they do on boards, and they want to make sure that board, that directors are making legitimate contributions to these companies, right? So you actually get rated on your attendance at board meetings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is a thing that people follow. It's like a sport of sorts. So like, I didn't want to miss my second meeting, and especially because it was all about products, which is sort of the part of it that I know about. You know, what I don't know about is Finance. <laughs>
1: the high finance that's you keep that, your hands down. No, no. Okay.
0: I'm on the board because I'm a marketing and product person. Anyway, so so I just so I search and I search and I search and I find one way that I can get from southwestern France uh, back to D C by lunchtime the next day. And it involved flying late at night to Paris. Spending like four hours sleeping on the floor at Orly, then Mm. getting a plane to London and then getting a plane to D.C., which got me in at noon, which would get me to my allegedly get me to my afternoon meeting. So
1: I think that's the plan I shared with you. And yes, Liz, and, and I thought it was impossible. I even sent you a text providing you with specific language about how I thought you should tell your new board that you couldn't possibly make this meeting, but in 2015 you yes. would be able to make and, and you didn't respond to my text, I, may right. I add. Mm-hmm. Yes, okay, so well, you just plunged ahead, Liz. I okay. plunged
0: ahead, Julie, and it all would have worked fine if it wasn't for France because what happened then, Tuesday night, so we have the board meeting Tuesday. Blah blah blah. I feel like I make a contribution, feeling good. Everyone else is staying for the night, leaving the next day. But I'm like, sorry, nope, gotta go. Um, I go to the the Biarritz airport. is um, is like the size of my second bedroom. And uh, so I go. I go there. They only have they only have two flights going out of Biarritz that night. Mm -hmm. One is going to Lyon, and the other one is going to Paris. And on both of them, the sign now just says. Annulé.
2: Oh, annulled. My flight oh, has oh,
0: been annulled,
1: Julie, and which is harsh. Annulled just seems really. Well, harsh. no, actually, I think it's a very sort of gentle, diplomatic way to lay, you know, to better than canceled. You, yeah, better than canceled. You know, yes. somehow that annulled. Maybe it never really existed, Liz, the flight, right? <laughs> That's that was possible. Meant to be to begin with, mm-hmm. okay? So you see, un- annulled seems like the more appropriate term. Yeah. <laughs> well, the
0: reason it was annulled. This is why it's a whole France issue, not, say, an Air France issue, Uh is air traffic controller
1: strike, Julie. Oh, those are so fun. Yes.
0: So it means it really takes the wind out of your sails because you and I are both international travelers. You can usually scramble and get yourself on another flight, right? Mm -hmm. It can Mm -hmm. be done. You've done it in many countries. I've done it in many countries. You You can do something. But if there's an air traffic controller strike, really getting on an, getting on another flight that's that option has been closed to you right, right. Um, concurrent with this air traffic controller strike, you guessed it railroad strike sncf on strike, so even if I wanted to like I actually thought, well, could I take an overnight train to Paris? could I take an overnight train all the way to London and then get <laughs> get on the
1: flight of course you were thinking that liz yeah i 'm sure when you saw that annulled sign, you mm. immediately went into hyperdrive about. Mm. Right. Because you, you are a road warrior. What yes. what are you going to do? Okay. Yeah. So, so no, then, train, so no, no
0: trains, planes. no planes. I thought about a boat for a second like where could a boat get me uh and then luckily someone in the french office said the key is actually to drive over the pyramid the pyrenees so remember i'm in southwestern france uh-huh. Basque. that's the whole the basque country that is sort of french and spanish so if i left my hotel at four o'clock in the morning and drove up and over the pyrenees and came down on the other side the oh. Spanish city you find there is Bilbao. Mm-hmm. Bilbao, very famous for the Guggenheim Museum, designed by Frank Gehry, but not a place I had ever visited before. Or I didn't even realize, honestly, that Spain was that close. You know, it was like, it was, it was like a two-hour drive. So, oh,
1: okay. So all right. Of that all seems to
0: and and the person at the office hooked me up with an actual driver, which is okay, helpful. I was
1: I was that was going to be my next question. Yeah. Litz, you were not in the middle of the night, like <laughs> in some little little, little, Peugeot, car. little Peugeot heading up over the mountain yes, path. My little putt-putt putt putt de chevaux, up and okay. over the pyramids, putt, 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 putt. uh
0: no. So um, and there was another guy, a director, who was in a similar situation. So we were actually fleeing the country together. And there is something very strange about, like, getting up at 3.30 in the morning and leaving at 4 to, like, try to secretly cross the border in the middle of the night. It's very foreign identity, Liz. I mean, I I think I've seen that scene. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, so I go up and over the Pyrenees, get to Bilbao. Uh, did not see the museum, FYI. The sun wasn't up yet, so no chance. Even even scanning the horizon for the famous Frank Gehry building, nope. It was still dark. Uh, get to the Bilbao Airport. Then the, the flight I have to get on goes to Frankfurt. And there's just something psychologically about going backwards. Have you ever had that feeling? <laughs> ah. Like you're trying to go east, but you have to go
1: west to go east or vice versa? It just seems particularly when you're in a time crunch, Liz, it's when time. you are working against a you know a clock, where <laughs> yes. you're trying to get to Washington D.C. by noon time <laughs> yes. to go back in the other direction, where you're probably losing losing or gaining another hour. It seems yes. wrong, wrong. I know
0: it just seems so wrong, but this is where. Lufthansa could do for me what Air France, or really all of France, could not do for me. So I go Bilbao to Frankfurt. Okay. The Frankfurt airport is extremely large. It is a hub for much of Europe, as you know.
1: Yes, I've spent a lot of time in the Frankfurt airport.
0: Yep. Yep. And what they do with the Frankfurt airport is they really isolate all of the flights going to the United States. Mm-hmm. There is a, there's very heavy security at the Frankfurt airport. And so what they've done to enhance that security is they've put all those flights as far away from the other parts of the airport as they possibly can. So the terminal that the flights to the United States go out of is actually called Terminal Z.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, right? yes, indeed, Liz. Yes, so. it goes well when you're on the Q time. Yes, right? that you would be going out of terminal Z. Continue, and of course, because I'm on the putt putt from Bilbao. Little
0: planes are coming into Terminal A. So you're landing in Terminal A, and you're going out of Terminal Z. And when you're changing planes at these big European airports, you have to go back through security. It's Mm -hmm. not like you've already been approved. Mm -hmm. You're you're somehow getting outside the line again, and then you have to come back through security. So I did this complete O.J. Simpson through Frankfurt Airport. I had very little time to make this connection. And it was literally one of those deals, Julie, where I walked on the plane, and they shut
2: the door behind me like I was the last
0: person they let on that
2: It's personalization, Liz. For yeah. millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely Liam's. Okay, and I'm I'm using it. Mm-hmm. Prose isn't just better for you; it's also better for the planet, Liz. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty free, and the first and only free in every order for a year sign up today at butcherbox.com sisters and use code sisters to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order thanks Butcherbox.
1: shuddering ways <laughs> your ability and your luck because that that was a crazy plan they yeah
0: did. it was a crazy plan plan a was crazy to begin with and yep. then uh the quick recovery time my um my gratitude goes to Joel in the French office because it had not dawned on me that Spain was the solution to my problem. Uh, but Spain, so thank you, all of Spain. I'm sorry you're already out of the World Cup uh, because I was ready to start rooting for you. Um, so it, miraculously, I did make it to Washington, D.C. at lunchtime on Wednesday. It's just It was, I I was exhausted by the time I got, I walked into the office and people were just coming back from lunch and I was like, I don't know about you losers, but I've already been in four countries today. So (laughs) I I don't know, I don't know what you've been doing all morning, but I have been in France, Spain, Germany, and now the United States and it's just, and lunch hour is just finishing. So, um. So there you have it. It's uh, It was a miraculous, by the skin of my teeth, sort of recovery. And um, it is why when people talk about the glamour of international travel, uh, I beg to differ. It just There was even a point in the Biarritz airport to, where I was talking on three telephones at once. to you just try to...
1: Way to go, Liz. I knew you would. I knew you would. I mean, most people would have just given up. They would have just like... Thin air traffic controller strike. We can't do anything that would have gone back yes. to the room. That's it. Okay, but not you, Liz. I know that's, that's, that's big thinking. No, I, I knew because, But cut. because I was on the DL, Julie,
0: so I couldn't even – okay, this was the hilarious part, and then we can move on. So Tuesday night, when I'm standing in the Biarritz airport, having been annulled, I'm like, oh, my God, what am I going to do now? I got a text message from my boss Ooh, who has now arrived in D.C. for the board meeting the next day and just Ooh. texts me and says, hey, what are you doing for dinner tonight? <laughs> oh,
1: <laughs> so
0: I <can't> Spanish exactly, <laughs> tapas, would you like? <laughs> so I can't exactly text back. Well, I may not have mentioned this, but I'm in France. See you, see you tomorrow at lunchtime. Um, So I just said, um, sorry, not going to be able to make it. I said, not getting in until tomorrow, but I left it very vague because at the point where I texted that to him, I really thought there was no chance I was going to get in at all. Like for that, that that would be it, that I would just be a no show for the board meeting. But anyway. Uh, that's what, that's what it's like out there on the road, and I appreciate your supportive texts all the way along.
1: That I was uh, really, I was rooting for you, Liz. I really wanted you to succeed. I didn't know how you were going to do it uh, <laughs> when I heard you went south. It was like, oh brother, that seems it. go okay, south
0: Turkey, and then Turkey. go east when what you want to do is go north and go west. It just is wrong.
1: Uh, Lufthansa is a very fine airline, and I'm I'm proud of you, Liz, that you did it. Mm-hmm. So you must have seen. Uh, uh, like, how many movies did you see on your, like, trip around Europe uh, on your way to Washington, D.C.?
0: Well, people have posted on the Facebook group that they've done that. So I was listening to the end, the very end of the long book I had downloaded uh, that was ironically called Endurance about Shackleton's exploration of Antarctica, Julie. <laughs> yeah, you ha- he has nothing on you, Liz. I felt like Antarctica. he had a better chance of getting home than I did at a, at a, <laughs> a certain point. Uh, but then I did get in quite a few movies. I, I, As I was thinking about it, I feel like there are movies that you watch on
1: airplanes that you don't watch in real life, right? That's I, I call them airplane movies. Yeah. That, these are movies where you, if you're trapped in a seat you know and you can't you can't get out you'll watch it and yeah. it's not so bad it's a little bit entertaining uh you yeah. have a, a lower lower standard i think I, exactly i and i feel like these
0: airplane movies fall into three main categories oh. one for me the kinds of things i watch on an airplane i watch comedies that i never would have paid to see because most TV show comedies are funnier than most movie comedies, right? So the I'd rather watch Veep or Parks and Rec or something like that than your average kind of rom-com or, that shows up in a movie. So I very rarely go to see a movie that's a comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, then on airplanes, I also watch documentaries that you meant to see, but you never quite rallied, and it only played at the theater for like, six and a half days so you never quite got there but you know the, your better instincts you knew mm-hmm. that it would be something you might find interesting so I watch documentaries and then I usually watch poorly reviewed action films
1: you know <laughs> so th- way to go Liz now, so what, what's, <laughs> what's your thinking about those so. because I think poorly
0: reviewed action films obviously if they were bad on the big screen they're really bad on the tiny screen Right. But you can at least get the gist of the story and you can find out who all these action heroes are, because I would never normally go to one of those. So the one in that category that I watched was Shadow Recruit about this CIA agent. A lot of it takes yes. place in Moscow, Julie. Have you seen I, it?
1: I have seen it, Liz. I've seen it twice. And I <laughs> wouldn't call it... poor. Well, maybe it was poorly reviewed. I thought it was not bad. And I thought Kevin Costner kind of, is kind yes. of making a comeback in yes. this movie. Yes. It's really quite good in it, Liz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and I agreed. It could be because
0: of the low oxygen level on an airplane, but I actually enjoyed uh, Shadow Recruit. Then the comedy I watched was The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Uh We'd oh, I'd never watched that movie. Okay, go ahead. Was it? Yeah. How you no, you, that? you don't ever need to watch that movie. I, you know, it's the, it was too bad because I like everyone in it. And, like, Kristen Wiig is one of the stars, and she's so great and everything. And uh, so, but it was just, mm, no, it was too gimmicky. It was not like a full-on, I don't know. So Secret Life of Walter Mitty, hey, it kills three hours or two hours, but uh, not really worth seeing. And then the documentary I saw is a documentary that got a lot of uh, great reviews when it came out a couple of years ago. It's called Exit Through the Gift Shop. And it is a documentary about street artists, uh, mainly in Los Angeles, but Los Angeles, London. Uh, So Banksy is the most famous Mm -hmm. of all of these street artists. So I thought it was just a documentary about Banksy, but it's actually not. It's a very it's really a fascinating story about the street art scene in Los Angeles and this obsessive French filmmaker who decided he wanted to find out all the secrets of the like late night graffiti artists and all of that and he turned out to be more than a little nutty and so Banksy is in it but you know he always protects his anonymity Shepard Fairey the very famous artist Shepard Fairey is in it anyway it's not something you would ever think you would like that you would go out to a movie theater and, you know, line up for that necessarily. But if you have Netflix or Hulu or something, it's really kind of fascinating about why these artists, and I know some people dispute the term art because they see it as just sheer vandalism, but some of these works are quite beautiful and quite provocative and really interesting. So if you're
1: home, I know you spend a lot of nights home alone, Julie, um, so I could actually just sort of simulate being on an airplane. Yes, you strap can. myself into my couch mm-hmm. or my bed, mm-hmm. turn on okay. Netflix, yes. and pick out pick out um, a, a romantic comedy, a documentary, <laughs> I and, and a poorly reviewed action film. Oh, <laughs> <a> Liz, <list. laughs> I'm on my way to Europe tonight. <laughs> but
0: exit through the gift shop if you you know if you like that kind of thing. It's definitely it's edgier art. It's not the most accessible kind of stuff in the world, but The way the tale gets told in the movie is very, very surprising, and uh, so I enjoyed that one a lot. So those would be my airplane movie reviews from the, like, 800 hours I spent on airplanes this week. So I guess it has some benefit, the road warrior life. All right, Liz. All right, Liz. (laughs) Oh, and then here's the best part, Julie. So I get home. When did I I get home? I got home Friday night, and what's here when I get home? But my new couch is here. Liz. This, this, you remember? Yes. I promised on Satellite Sisters last, like it was September, that I was going to nail down the new couch by Christmas. That, it, <laughs> that I was redoing my place a little bit. Not massively, but freshening up my look at home. And Christmas was my deadline. Well, I did not make that deadline, clearly. Um, but I, I ordered the couch a couple of months ago. And when I came home on Friday night, there it was in my living room. And I just have to ask myself, why on earth did it take me more than 50 years on this planet to get a sectional? Like, <laughs> what could be more awesome than laying on your sectional watching your
1: television? And it's, it's the right size, Liz? It's perfect. the right size. Okay. Perfect. Later. Nailed it on the size. All right. Because um, you bought, I, for, for the listeners, uh, there's a Liz has a long... And a really decorated history of buying (laughs) lots and lots of couches that don't fit, um, her house or her apartment. Mm. And it's been to the benefit of her brothers and sisters (laughs) that they have, um, they have, you know, all received lovely, lovely couches. So, um, yeah, some uh, of them,
0: some of them too big, some of them too small, but this one was just right. So it's Sunday as we speak. And it's still Mexico, one, Netherlands, zero in the game. Excellent. Uh, Excellent. And uh, yesterday, I spent almost the entire day just, like, laying on that couch. Like, just enjoying the, just the choices you have of where to lay and what your angle is on the television or how to look out the window. And a sectional means Ferris can jump up and sit right next to me. Oh. Which while we 're watching TV, which he could never do before because I was in a dumb old chair,
1: yeah you yeah. had to get a bad it was a bad setup there.
0: Yeah. It yeah. Really was. yeah so uh yeah, loving my new sectional Good. and the I had complained on the show before about mission creep that as I improved things the things I had not intended to to improve, started looking shabbier. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. kept having to, like, up the ante on other aspects of my home decorating scheme. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had reverse mission creep with the couch, too, because I thought I was going to need to replace the chairs in my living room. Uh, and But actually, the chairs that I had stashed in my bedroom looked quite awesome with my new living room couch. So saved myself Many, many dollars yesterday, just by laying on my couch, looking at the
1: chairs, thinking those are totally fine. I I don't need new chairs. So there you have it. Like that—that sounds like a little domestic bliss for you, (laughs) and I'm very happy. It's—it was—it's well earned and well deserved. And it's good for you to get out of an airplane seat from time to time <laughs> into a sectional. Yes. The, the first airline
0: that introduces that, like that, you could actually book a sectional. <laughs> would that that would be great?
2: <laughs> I <laughs> will take
0: my million frequent flyer miles and hand them to whatever <laughs> airline decides that's their next big move in passenger comfort.
1: Yep, <laughs> your own sectional.
2: That's big thinking, Liz. Yep.
1: Liz, you know, actually, there, are two, there were two businesswomen in the news this week. I know you were um, in Europe, so I don't know if you saw these stories, but I wanted to get your take on them. First is the Yahoo CEO, Marissa Meyer. Now, you know, she was the young Google executive that mm-hmm. that came to Yahoo, and she was going to shake Yahoo up and, and and really transform it. And, oh, by the way, you know, when she got the job, she was six months pregnant. And Mm -hmm. she has a new child and she also and she built a fantastic nursery for her child at the Yahoo campus. But everyone else who had been working at home, they now needed to come to work. Okay, so there was (laughs) that was part of her thing. She was controversial right from the get go. Right. But she is trying to shake it up and she's trying to really transform Yahoo. And she had scheduled a a big meeting, I guess. Oh, in conference, Liz, Uh, you know, maybe not very far from where I was. Not, not very far away where you were. and this was a big meeting with the most important advertisers for yahoo you know mm-hmm. big names in products and things like that and the whole purpose of the dinner meeting was that they uh that these people that are spending a great deal of advertising dollars at yahoo were going to have more time to talk to marissa and sort of Get her vision for the future. Nice. So it seems like a good idea. Everything, you know, very fancy dinner, all set up. One problem Marissa Meyer didn't show up. She was two hours late for the meeting. Right.
0: Okay. Oh, well, okay, I'm automatically blaming air traffic controllers. <laughs> Okay. Okay. If it was this week, it is not her fault. I'm just. I'm just going to say that not her fault. I have no idea what the actual circumstances were, though. Okay.
1: Well. Well, this. Okay. So she. She apparently overslept. That is what she told. She told because some of the executives that had come to uh, to the meeting actually left. They had been been hanging around for two hours. She didn't show up. They left in a huff. Uh But, But her excuse was that she had been up for 20 hours working and she just had overslept. And that's all she said. But this was in like, this was in the, you know, in the Wall Street Journal. And so people have been talking about it all week, Liz. They've been saying, well, you know, she is a new mother and, you know, you get tired as a new mother. But my take on it, Liz, is I mean, I don't think it had anything to do with the child. I mean, I, I kind of feel like, um, you know, she is a CEO. Right. I'm sure she has someone taking care of that child. Exactly. T- I'm sure the child was not with her. In case. Yes, in That's what I'm thinking. The child wasn't even with her. So I don't know why people were, like, making this about work-family balance and all of that. But the part that sort of intrigues me is why no one on her staff will grow like- up. Woke her up. What do you think that's about? Do you that, think they're afraid to wake her up? Like, or like they didn't know where she was? Or. That like- is
0: funny, Julie, because as you were giving me the details, that's not a news story I had heard. I was thinking that too. Like, normally CEOs at that level have like hot and cold running assistants who are, you know, like managing every minute of their schedule and their their cars and their this and their that and that. So it's unusual that someone would miss an appointment by a mile, except for, say, an air traffic control <laughs> strike.
1: <laughs> Again. Well, she was in the country, so she did show up two hours late. But even the people that were hosting, you know, I'm sure there were other people from her company that were there. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe they tried to call her. She had the phone. Don't on. I, I don't... But can I also say this?
0: I can't recall any experience in the past in, like, business news, Where the fact that someone was late for a deal, like in international business, made headlines of any kind. That's right. Why are we making such – people miss appointments all the time. And being the CEO of a big global company is exhausting. So she's clearly not the first person to not quite make it someplace on time.
1: Right. Right. Right, I, and I don't know why, Liz. But I do. I think they're giving her a harder time because she's a woman. Yes, yes, yes. And, and, clearly, and that they, you know, that somehow it's because she had a child that that was the reason why, you know, she had been up for 20 hours. I think not. She probably had some kind of wild and crazy travel scheme like yourself was. Exactly. She was in some little Peugeot going over the Pyrenees <laughs> and then exactly. flying to, you know. Uh, I had no
0: idea I had so much in common with Marissa Meyer. I just, yeah. you know, there we were, struggling in France this week. What a hard life we lead.
1: I know, but <laughs> otherwise, or otherwise, she is such a horrible leader that people you know wanted to undermine her like you know good luck I, you know yeah. we're we're happy you're not showing up we're we're happy doing better i don't know liz That's i'm just, just saying but that it made me think of you this week because um uh, <laughs> because of that the other um, businesswoman that was in the news this week is mary um bear you know she okay Barrett. this one i did hear about this is unbelievable. Go ahead. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. It is. Okay, okay. In the same way, okay, we're talking about Matt Lauer was interviewing the CEO of General Motors. You know, the company that makes eight, The company that made America, I think, is right. what it is, right? Yeah, yeah, it's one of the largest companies in the world. Trucks, cars, vehicles, hundreds of thousands of employees. And, you know, uh, Matt Lauer, who also wore shorts uh, on television the other day, which was really a bad scene, Liz, Um, he has the nerve to ask Mary um, Barrett, the CEO, well, how's your family doing? How are you doing with the work-life balance?
0: Right. And didn't he, I saw a clip, maybe it was on Marissa Meyer's Yahoo, I don't know, um, where he also, like quoted one of her children or he yes. quoted yeah. something she said about her children and so it wasn't even like how's your work like that it was some very like specific dig about that had more the tone of so how's that working out for you uh, it was just like i know the official position on matt lauer here at satellite sisters for a long time has been negative and leon has led the charge on this yes. that yeah. and she has poisoned the well for all of us against matt lauer but with perfectly good reason. I think Matt Lauer proved this week what a doofus he is.
1: Don't you think? Yeah. Well, it's more than more than a doofus. I don't even know doofus is the right word. It was it seemed very mean spirited. Yes. It didn't seem respectful, and it seemed like a really idiotic thing that you would never, ever, in a million years, say to right. a male CEO. And right. And yet he's defending it because, you know, work-life balance. I think she's figured it out, the work-life balance thing, Matt I know. I she's know. CEO of the I know. She already became the CEO.
0: I don't think this is something that she's just starting to figure out. Right, she, she's not really struggling. She, she 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 made it to the top. Okay, so she's the one who like her dad wa- worked at the company, and she started at the company right after college, and she has spent her entire career there. I think she's figured out how to make it work for her. Working at GM appears to be agreeing with Mary Barrett.
1: Yeah. Okay. So and, so those those two. Um. Uh. And I see that Matt has they've been like promoting it. Um, you know, heavily, is that he is going to uh, have an exclusive interview with Pippa Pippa Middleton. So, you know, I just really, Pippa, walk away. Walk (laughs) away. Just really, it's a big mistake. Maybe you don't understand in the cross-cultural world that you do not need, this is a message just for you, Pippa. You do not need to do an interview with Matt Lauer. You are doing just fine all by yourself. But I think it also shows that Matt operates okay at the pippa level
0: he't no, not, not, that, not no. really operating at the Mary Barrow level, so right. you think i 'm underestimating pippa okay you 're right. I know how protective you feel of like the whole middleton family yeah they 're doing
1: just a fine job. She just really does not need uh, to inter- be interviewed by Matt Lauer, okay? I just... He's going to say something stupid and goofy or, you know, try to make some something embarrassing. I, I just...
0: Okay. All right. Well, I, can't, I, I have to agree with that. Yeah. Yep. I don't think it's in anyone's best interest to ever talk to Matt Lauer. How about that as a policy?
1: <laughs> I think that's a good idea. Okay. <laughs> you heard it here first at Satellite Sisters, which makes me think, Liz, I know you have, like, a code for Quicksilver, the Q-Time. Q-Time. You have a... <laughs> Do you have a code for Satellite Sisters, or you just uh, – no no code for us yet? Well, it doesn't compete
0: during the week okay. for oh. my time and attention, okay. so, uh, so I don't need to do that. But as you know, Julie, when I was in France last Sunday when I arrived, we did attempt to record a show last Sunday, yes. and I failed on my end, technical fail, because I had a new computer that did not have the right software installed on it. So, you know, even this operating on the DL – it had a negative impact on satellite
1: sisters too. So, yeah. you know, sorry okay. about that. Okay. Well, Liz, I have I have a a big question for you now. And it's it's an unusual question that I'm going to ask you. Um, normally, I might go to some of the other sisters or three other sisters, but they're not around today. They're all busy today. Uh, they, mm-hmm. they are all busy today. And it is, um, I have a crafting dilemma. Crafts, <laughs> Liz. Yeah, I, and I know. Okay, that. I can see why I was not the go-to sister. <laughs> you were really pretty <laughs> much my last choice. You're my last choice, but but there are a couple of reasons why I think you might bring sort of a refreshing approach to this because you are a big thinker, you're very strategic, um, you've proven yourself to be very flexible and innovative, okay? So here is the situation. Um, I I understand you've been away, so you have not seen yet, we talked about this, you have not gone through your mail, but you have not seen the absolutely adorable invitation to the baby shower that I sent you. My daughter-in-law, Lauren, we're having a baby shower for her in a couple of weeks and um i handcrafted the invitations list you did oh yes liz i did wow
0: wow i'm impressed julie i feel like i should go out into my dining room right now where there's a huge pile of mail on my dining room table that i have not even looked at
1: I, I want you to dig it out because it is something. Okay, the theme. Um, I am hosting this um, uh, this shower with my um, with Lauren's sister and with Lauren's mother. And Lauren's sister actually came up for the theme of the baby shower. You know, you have to have a theme uh, for for things like this. I, baby isn't enough of a theme. No, 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 Liz. You've got to have a theme. You okay. got to. You just you've got to brand your baby shower. Okay, mm-hmm. you can understand that. So the theme of this um, baby shower is cute as a button. hmm cute as a button. And Liz, when you open that invitation, you're going to see it has some very cute buttons on it and that I that I glued on myself, Liz. Okay. Really? That's I, impressive, Julie. Okay. Well, it is impressive because when I started to glue these on, and I mentioned this because you'll get to, it, it It provides the background necessary for the question I'm going to ask you is um, when I was gluing these adorable little baby buttons on the invitation um, that you have not opened yet, um, I I actually glued my fingers together with the crazy glue. Okay. My two index fingers were completely stuck together, had to run it under hot water. It was painful. I had crazy glue on my fingertips for like three days. I changed and I used Elmer's glue. I think it was very successful. Okay. So anyway, we're having this cute shower my daughter in law is very crafty, as you know it uh, as you no, know it. she I know that 's
0: why I think i 'm really shocked that you would attempt anything even the least bit crafty because oh, your daughter in law has a very sophisticated sense of craft
1: yes, she does liz and and i really I am sweating sweating bullets about this. sweating so, buttons on this yeah, one. yeah I, I, it 's just all happening so. So I got the. I was in charge of the invitation, got that out. I think that's been successful. But what my daughter-in-law would like to do at the shower, and it's a very cute idea, um, is that she would like to have the guests that are coming to the shower decorate onesies. Now, you probably don't even know what a onesie is. Oh, come is. on. Give me a
0: little oh, bit of credit. Okay. You know what a onesie I is? I know what a onesie is. Yes. Okay, so, so, so she bod- wants to bedazzle some onesies.
1: Yes, that's the idea. <laughs> Okay. Good thinking, Liz. You're right. you're with me. Okay. okay. So. You see my problem now, because I really see that it can only go one of three ways. That uh, Mm -hmm. as as the Nana, who really is not capable of bedazzling onesies, Mm -hmm. I am going to have to, like, do one at the party. I'm going to have to, like, you know, decorate a onesie. And there it is. It's going to be there for all time. Mm -hmm. Nana's ugly onesie Mm -hmm. that I made for this precious baby and for future babies, right? Because Mm -hmm. my daughter-in-law would never throw away uh, an ugly onesie that I attempted. So that's one. Mm -hmm. Uh, or I could actually get a cute onesie and do some kind of switch and bait at the shower itself. You know, I was thinking
0: about smuggling something in. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Pre do it or pre buy it.
1: Okay. Okay. Or, or, or this is where, this is my, this is where I need you, Liz, because you are the kind of out of the box thinker that, um, or I like just, Go in some totally different direction and make some very radical onesie. Put some statement on it, or or do something uh, memorable. Uh, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm really quite nervous about this mm-hmm. uh, because the, she would like to do this as the as the activity. I want to honor my daughter-in-law. This is you know this is something she you know loves to do, and I think many people at the party will enjoy uh, decorating onesie. Sure. Yeah, yeah. All
0: those millennials and their DIY skills. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Well, yeah, can I just ask a question to really think outside huh? of the box? Yes. You're, you're not actually applying things to onesies, are you? That sounds incredibly unsafe. Yes. That sounds unsafe to me. I would make the child safety argument that onesies should not have buttons on them. Onesies should not not have beads on them.
1: We're not going to put beads or buttons. Of course not. Okay. All right. Good. But you still can decorate them with fabric paints and things Mm, like that. Yeah. 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 Okay.
0: One word. (laughs) Stencil. Get yourself a couple of cute stencils. (gasps) Bring those in advance. Okay. And then okay. you can just sort of apply paint in very obvious places. That, that, okay. That's one way to go. Okay, Liz. I like um, or stencil. you Stenciling, it's <laughs> so Martha Stewart of I could Okay, I like it. Well, I like I see, it. I learned that from watching Exit Through the Gift Shop because that's what these street artists did. There's a, there are a lot of scenes of them at Kinko's at 3 o'clock in the morning printing out these huge stencils from the giant printers they have at Kinko's. And then they would apply those to the buildings and apply the paint over the giant stencil and then pull the stencil off and voila, you have gorgeous Banksy statement. So I think go Banksy, Julie. Go Okay. get, get yourself, I think your daughter-in-law, who is herself a curator at an art museum, yes, would appreciate some direct cultural reference to the, uh, the street art scene. Okay,
1: <laughs> it, a, a lot like your itinerary this past week. This seems like a very dangerous route to take, this, but I will. Uh, I I'm know. just guessing nobody else is, gonna no, nobody else is going to try that as a pro. You're
0: not going to be able to out cute these people. You're not no. going to be able to outskill these people. Just, this is my policy. You just have to outthink them. Just come okay. up with completely different concept.
1: Okay, Banksy. Or oh, here's another way to go.
0: I think it's totally appropriate for you to decorate. They're they're in New York City. Uh, They live in Brooklyn. I think if you just put Derek Jeter's number on the onesie, you're good. It's his last season, Julie. No born New Yorker should live their life without some homage to Derek Jeter. The baby's going to be born in August, before the end of the baseball season. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think pinstripes and Jeter's number, that's the way you got to go. Okay, Liz. <laughs> no, okay. I'm very proud. I, I'm very proud of that idea. If I attend okay. this event, I'm doing
1: that. You, you claim that? Okay. <laughs> okay, but first you got to find that invitation. I no. know where. What city is this event happening? Is it in New York? It's in New York, Liz. Okay. So, uh, so again, open the lovely pink invitation <laughs> with the handcrafted baby buttons on it, and you will see. Okay. Okay, that All sounds right.
0: good. Now that I have a concept, I might actually come
1: okay well liz you know it's it 's been a big week at uh, satellite sisters uh, facebook page i don 't know if you i've if noticed you, yes it was been... I was
0: spending a lot of time on Wi-Fi in airports enjoying it
1: well, first thing I want to mention you know it is a holiday week coming up. Leon has posted um, some holiday recipes, fa- our favorite 4th uh, of July recipes, m- our mother's blueberry muffin recipes. I think I'm going to make them this year. And then Lian has this watermelon creation that um, that she likes to craft for every 4th of July. I think you might enjoy it as well. But a lot of people have been weighing in <laughs> about, about being weighed in at the doctors. Uh, Liz, while you were away, I had a little medical emergency with my eye, and I ended up going to an optometrist, but I was saying in our last podcast that like a lot of people i was reluctant to go to the doctors i you know i was doing a lot of self-diagnosis in part because i didn't want to get on the scale mm-hmm. you know? and mm-hmm. this is something that a lot of our satellite sisters are weighing in on and you know that you know for so for for many reasons doctors need to know what your weight is and that, that, mm-hmm. that
0: <laughs> right. but optometrists don't or ophthalmologists don't. or whatever think- she was
1: Right, right, right. They don't they really don't need to uh, to know. So, um so and I think that for many doctors you could really boost your practice if you got rid of the scale or made it optional. Mm-hmm. That's what it. <laughs> so people had comments on that? Okay, yeah, good. If- People had comments on that. Um, people have also weighed in on things that you can do with your dishwasher. Now, Liz, I'm counting okay, on Okay, I you. heard you. I, I listened to the Tuesday show. What do yep. you
0: think? I'm traveling the world and not listening to Saturdays. Uh, I you are. Uh, So I heard you mocking my dishwashers. Not mocking. You were yep. sort of admiring my dishwasher skills, but but worried that I would attempt to, like, steam a salmon at the same time as I'm washing a baseball cap yep. in my dishwasher. Yep.
1: Right. I think you can do one or the other. I think that they're, um, you know, maybe you want to start with Ferris's leashes or something like that. Not that they're dirty, Liz, but you might just want, you know, there's some, there's some good things for you to do there. You have quite a few baseball caps hanging around your house. Uh, I think you could just load them up on the top rack. People are trying it, Liz, and they're liking it. Okay. okay. <laughs> Very few people have put their keyboards in the dishwasher yet, mm. but I, I'm dying to know if you, if you put your keyboard in the dishwasher, cause that's supposed to on the steam cycle, you, you know, yeah. you're not, you know, you really don't want to put not a lot of water, but yeah. it's supposed to really clean out your keyboards. And, um, also, also big news this week. Fisher cats been seen in New York City. Now it's a good news, bad news story. We told it you, is. Yes, <laughs> we told you about these dangerous uh, and scary Fisher cats that they make a sound like a human, like a girl crying. But the good news is that many New Yorkers are hoping that these Fisher cats will actually eat some of the large rodents that are in New York City. So it could be, it could be a good news story, Liz.
0: <laughs> okay, I look forward to seeing Fisher cats roaming the streets of Brooklyn when I come okay. for the baby shower. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, are you going? Are you getting on any planes? Are you going back to France this I, week? Please? I am so staycationing over the holiday. Okay. I'm psyched for the Fourth of July. It will allow me to address some pressing life issues like area rugs and coffee table, Julie. That's it. That now that I have the sectional and the chairs, I like. What's going in the middle of those? So, um, and that's, I, that's about the highest level my brain is going to be able to operate at over the, over the holiday. But I did have uh, a tip for Tuesday Tips for you. If oh, you, all right. If you don't mind my being so bold, you know, nope. I know you and Leon do the Tuesday show. I'm a big fan of the Tuesday show. And I know you do Tuesday Tips. Mm-hmm. So these are not actual Tuesday Tips. These mm-hmm. are Tips for Tuesday Mm -hmm. Uh, because there are two topics that were in the news today when I was trying to catch up on the news that I thought would be worthy of discussion, but not between you and me. I thought they would, I thought (laughs) the discussion would actually be better between you and Leon. Okay. So so I'm not qualified to really comment on either of these two things, but it struck me that when you go to the newyorktimes.com and you look at the most popular stories on NewYorkTimes.com today, right now, Sunday morning, number one story, Why Teenagers Act Crazy. It seems like you and Leanne could take that on. Okay, all right. And then in a related note, the number six story is The Trauma of Parenthood. So I think, I think those two things are together for a reason. <laughs> and so I just wanted to put that out there just a tip for Tuesday in case you're I know you and lean cover a lot of social science kinds of things mm-hmm. on the Tuesday show before before you go deep on shallow things mm-hmm. and uh so why teenagers act crazy and the trauma of parenthood it's just out there waiting for you two to to tackle on Tuesday
1: all right Liz well I look forward to the Tuesday show two good topics. <laughs> I'm sure we'll have something to say about (laughs) them.
0: All right. Well, this was fun, Julie, just you and me. I've seen... Seemed like we dug up plenty of material. Uh, we obviously we have a Tuesday show coming up. We have, you know, we have hundreds of shows on iTunes, people. So if you are looking for more Satellite Sisters, if you are new to our show, there are hundreds of shows posted at iTunes. Just search on the Satellite Sisters and pick the group that is comedy. Uh, we recommend you use the podcast app um, on iOS. It's so easy on your iPhone. And another app that is super easy that we love is. Stitch. Stitcher, Stitcher is actually something I use when I'm traveling all over the place because you can download the shows to listen later. So even if I'm not like live using up any data, like sitting in a dead airport in France, I can just chuckle and listen to the Tuesday show. So check that out, uh, Stitcher.com, and uh, and of course remember AudiblePodcast.com forward slash sisters if you use that it actually helps us out you know the more people we send to that site and Mm -hmm. that particular link uh we get credit for that so if you want to help the sisters uh go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash sisters and try your own free audiobook download um in the meantime we're the satellite sisters don't forget call your satellite sister